Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan. Joining me remotely for our first ever remote edition of the 1-1, the Perth Racing Guru, your man, Terry Layton. Hello, Terry. Hello, Bernard. How are you? Not too bad. We've had a few little gremlins in the system trying to get this thing up and running today. But uh, we actually started trying to record this about nine and a half hours ago. So yeah, <laughs> I think we've got a workable solution. But just for all the listeners out there, just bear with us while we wrap our heads around this uh, new technology and uh, internet connection, dodgy internet connections. But hopefully, we should be able to have something that's listenable anyway as we dissect a big ten race WA Oaks program at Ascot on Saturday. Yeah, excited. There's a um, obviously after a little bit of a pause uh, in the racing industry Australia wide on Wednesday afternoon, there was uh, fairly joyous and there was jubilation. You could say lots of uh, adjectives beginning with J on uh, Twitter last night, um, and I think the army, the Twitter army, is ready for a uh, big week, uh, big weekend on the punt Australia wide. So we spoke on Wednesday, and it's fair to say that you were pretty flat. Terry, after the, uh, I think we only managed three races at Ascot mm. on Wednesday before it was, uh, the meeting was uh, cancelled. So you, your emotions, it's been a real roller coaster of emotions, oh, hasn't it? You were, you were super flat uh, on Wednesday. And then when the news came through yesterday that Mark Zara was negative, uh, just what was that? Describe that feeling. Uh, well, yeah, it's been a, uh, it's definitely been a uh, roller coaster. It's been a seesaw. Uh, the week's been a bit of a, a yo-yo. If we're gonna go with uh, <laughs> one of your, uh, one of your older toys, probably you, probably your generation when you weren't playing with the yo-yo, it was probably the, the Tamagotchi for you. Um, no, nah, just, just happiness, just, uh, just excitement. We'll see what we get through. I think there's been a bit of a precedent set now where if somebody, uh, comes in contact, uh, with somebody that has had COVID-19, we're going to pause it for a period and see what the effects are. And I think everything in that sense was done correctly. It was obviously quite cautious, but this is a situation where we need to be, um, overly cautious. Uh, one thing has frustrated me. BJ and I, I don't want to hop into. I mean, we. I really want to just uh, chuck out some positivity uh, at at this time. But uh, some people Gosh. are chucking things on Twitter. There's some um, just just starting some rumours and starting some a uh, bit of fear mongering. There was actually. I'm going to call someone out. Actually, he's uh, Tom Percy uh, QC. So quite a, a respected uh, name in Western Australia. He's a uh, lawyer. Um, he's uh, obviously involved in the racing industry, putting up putting up things on Twitter like, I've heard an unconfirmed report there is an outbreak of coronavirus in Bandiat Women's Prison. There's no news article about this. There's nothing to come from that. That's absolute shit. Like if dickheads are going to do things like that, that's what's going to cause... Um, society to become more nervous and agitated and there's obviously people that would have relatives and whatnot in bandy up i'm sure and um yeah that just really frustrated me and i needed to uh, i needed to get that out of my system so um i feel a lot better for getting it out of my system and, and hopefully we don't get any more of that crap because that's absolute shit tom so you're canned tom sorry buddy yeah you're keen um taking on a qc there prg but um yeah uh, no, I, think- I know i'm in the right so i'm happy Fair enough. So we, um, yeah. Look, everyone is is really. <laughs> you don't just, want to borrow this doing, one, do you? <laughs> not particularly. Uh, I actually didn't see Tom's tweet, so it's a bit, <laughs> bit hard for me to to comment. But um, look, everyone's we're in just um, 
We're in a very strange situation at present, so no one really knows what's happening um, hour to hour. And uh, I mean, both our livelihoods depend on the racing industry um, surviving as long as possible. I imagine that there is a shutdown imminent, but just how far we can we can stretch our, our racing season um, remains to be seen. But all we really need to focus on and what we really hear at the 1-1 on this particular episode uh, is we're going to strip everything back and just attempt to f- find everyone some winners and some value on mm-hmm. WA Oaks Day at Ascot on Saturday. Well, it's a bit coming up, isn't it, BJ? We've got seven at Albany today. We've got uh, 10 at Ascot tomorrow. We've got six at Kalgoorlie tomorrow, which I'm going to, as soon as we finish this podcast, I'm going to get stuck into. Basically, we just tip the Fernie horses, don't we? Back the Fernie horses, don't we? Then we've got seven at Geraldton on Sunday, but... The most exciting news is we now have not 13, it's now 12 at Pinjarra uh, on the Monday. So we've, uh, if we can get through this uh, long weekend of racing, um, I'll be a very happy man. Well, I, I, I could be a very sad man come the end of it and a very broke man, let's be honest. But uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be pleased if we can get through four days of uh, what looks like very good uh, and exciting WA racing. 12 races. It's going to be a marathon Monday in uh, at uh, Pinjarra. Uh, it'll be interesting First race to see. At 7:20 a.m. <laughs> it'll be, be interesting to see what happens with. I wonder whether Perth Racing would consider bringing the WA Derby forward a week, Terry. So at so at the moment, it's WA Oaks on Saturday. Seven days to the Karakata Plate, seven days to the WA Derby. I wonder whether Perth Racing and Rawa might put their heads together and bring the Derby forward a week. Is that a workable option in your mind, Guru? Yeah, I think so. I think you'd contact uh, Bob, you'd contact Trevor Andrews, you'd contact Robin Lockwood, you'd contact Steve Wolf, all the... All the um, trainers, I'm just, I'm purely thinking Oaks at the moment, sorry. Uh, all the trainers with uh, stayers uh, running this week in the um, in the Oaks or the Mel Vista. Uh, is it the Mel Vista? Mel Vista, yes. Yeah, the Mel Vista. I'd be contacting the trainers, getting a, uh, just getting an opinion. I think at times like this, you have to sort of work together rather than just make um, decisions without speaking to the participants. I think they'd understand there's a big chance we're not going to, get another two weeks of racing in. So this is a great opportunity to potentially run it on the one week backup. Um, I'm sure it would suit some, I'm sure it wouldn't suit others. Um, but I would be getting, uh, I'd be getting a, a feel from the actual participants and the likely entrants and see what their thoughts are. But I'd imagine they'd be pretty keen to um, to push it forward because um, otherwise we, we might not get the race, especially Bob, because Tuscan Queen will probably go around at $1.40 in the Oaks and $1.40 in, the, uh, in the, the Derby as well. Yeah, it's just an interesting talking point, probably worth consideration and, as you said, talking to the participants and see who would be affected. But I imagine these are some of the discussions that are happening at uh, racing headquarters, WA Racing Headquarters. But, uh, but regardless, I think we should press on to our Oaks Day card, see if we can find some uh, winners for our listeners. Before we do so, quick shout-out to our fantastic sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meets. At the moment, due to the the current government regulations, the Mundaring Hotel is closed to the public. However, they are doing a takeaway menu 
um, which my family will hopefully be sampling this evening. So just a shout out to Ian O'Connor and his family and uh, everyone at the Mundaring Hotel. Once uh, once all this passes us by, however long that takes, um, no doubt uh, myself and Terry and the One One Faithful will rally around the Mundaring Hotel um, and get up the hill, heart of the hill since 1899. But at the moment, they're restricted to a takeaway menu and um, and good luck to everyone up there. Market City Meats, largest retail butcher shop in Perth, Canningvale Markets on Bannister Road. They are open. They are doing amazing business there at the moment, as you can imagine, Terry. So go see Timmy Hewitt. Market City Meats. Let him know you're a one-one listener, and uh, he'll he'll take care of you while uh, while the butcher shop there remains an essential service to everyone in uh, the Perth metropolitan region and beyond. So big thanks again to our supporters, Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meats. We thank you for for being with us all the way through our 18 episodes thus far, Terry. Yeah, I uh, I concur with all of those words. So uh, straight into the preview this week. Sure thing. First of all, if you do want to read our scribbles, uh, our writing ahead of um, ahead of Saturday's program, Terry's in-depth analysis and betting strategies can Jeez, be I found, know. as always, on the Betfair Hub. Sorry, Terry. Oh, I was going to say I did a um, I did a full card on Wednesday, and only got uh, only got three of them out. It was about fifteen or twenty pages worth in Microsoft Word. So, uh, yes, I would be. Uh, I'm very hopeful though that we'll get the full ten out on uh, on Saturday. That'd be great. So once again, Terry, Perth Racing Guru, his analysis and strategies are available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. My leg up, which was available 7 a.m. on Thursday morning, as always, is um, can be found bestbets.com.au. It is also published on the Ozrace website. So I don't think we'll be doing any segments this week. Terry, we'll just keep, we'll strip it back to a bare bones edition of the 1-1 and I think we just move straight ahead into the preview. As always, I'll throw to you, Guru, to let the listeners know rail position, weather, likely pattern. What are we looking at for Ascot tomorrow? Uh, quite fair, I uh, suggest it will be. Uh, three metres, uh, westerlies, a uh, nice cool day, 24-25. Chance of some rain, but... Um, there's nothing too uh, major forecast, so we won't really think about the rain. But uh, yeah, speed maps, fair track. Um, let's not overthink it this week in that sense. Let's just um, let's just look for the best horses and the most suited horses in each race. Sounds like a plan. All right, should we start race one? Yeah, let's get stuck in. Let's get stuck into it. And let's remember that we've got to uh, we've got to bet on every race like it might be our last day. Eh? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of people who will be uh, getting stuck right in. Again, we've got a lot of racing heading our way over the next few days, but uh, let's enjoy it because it might be the last bit of thoroughbred horse racing, the great game that we get to sample for some time. So let's savour each race as they comes along. And I'm even quite positive about the West Speed Platinum Maiden, Terry. Oh, I'm, I am too, actually. I'm quite looking forward to it. Uh, probably not as a betting proposition. Well, let's introduce the race first. So we have a race one at 12.17pm uh, at Ascot on Saturday. Uh, we've got the West Speed Platinum Maiden over the 1,400 metres. Um, we've already had a chance to, to discuss the form, which we often don't do before a podcast. Um, but I know we're both in a pretty similar boat here and we really are expecting to see a Stephen Miller Quinella, aren't we, uh, Bernard? 
Yeah, I found it interesting that uh, Stephen Miller opted to pit last of the line, Miss Margot. They're the two main fancies. I found it interesting that he in, that he put them against each other head to head. But perhaps uh, the the current climate has meant that they're just going to race where they can find something suitable because um, because there might not be any be any options for them moving forward. But it does the, the race does look set up for one of the S J Miller runners last of the line a first starter three-year-old and miss margot a fellow three-year-old who ran ran into a pretty smart one in carajini aurora on debut at pinjara last start so who did you who did you end up siding towards terry oh the the market uh i'm very obviously uh big on my market bj and uh, the market is now currently basically spot on i had a little bit of the last of the line um, when he went up at $6 on Thursday morning. I mean, I've probably got a gun to your head lean to Miss Margot, obviously, with the race experience. But last of the line really gave me a, um, a really nice feel um, in, uh, in his three trials to date, especially the last two. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting what the what the money does and what the market says in this race. So I mean, we're, I'm expecting Miss Margot to be able to cross um, and find the outside of Atlantic Ruler, or, or potentially even cross it and find the fence um, from Barrier Ten. Uh, there will be some work done by her uh, to find that spot, and you'd expect last of the line to probably um, to probably be sitting on her back. So. Um, at the current market, two dollars twenty versus about three sixty. I think I marked them twos versus fours. Uh, I was hoping we'd see something about last of the line early, knowing that Miss Margot's the last race uh, rated through the roof. But um, at the current prices, I can't suggest a bet, and I'm uh, I'm not one that's going to hop into a two dollar fifty Quinella in a maiden either, BJ. So, um, but I'm looking forward to this uh, as, as a spectacle. Um, so I will be uh, just sitting and uh, and watching this one, Bernard. Yeah, I I share your opinion of the map. Miss Margot will work forward from barrier 10 and I think that she will find the rail in front. Like you, I was similarly impressed with the last of the line barrier trials. Even it even its last one at uh, at Bunbury, I, I get the impression that if Ryan Hill really wanted to, he could have won that heat by a length, two length, three lengths. Like there was a lot of juice left yeah. in the tank for um, for this horse from Barrier Three. I just think he's just going to be close enough to the stablemate Miss Margot in transit. And yeah, I, I'm really quite quite confident that last of the line will will get the job done. It's it's trials have been super. Nice draw. Miss Margot is going to have to do that little bit of work to, to get across from 10. We do potentially have to look at the fact that um, last of the line trial on Monday, whether the plan was to back it up um, on five days, that may have been maybe they were looking at a, a maiden um, Saturday week. So mm. maybe it's been uh, brought forward due to, um, as you said, the current climate. Um, and this isn't exactly – maybe they would have liked to go maybe uh, 1,000 or 1,200 metres first up or whatnot. But – Obviously, this is the race that's available now while we're still racing. So I, you've got to have some concerns um, about that, especially on debut at the 1400. I know Miss Margot, uh, Margot, sorry, debuted um, over the 1400. And that was, uh, she was obviously super impressive. But um, yeah, it's, it's never easy uh, to debut at a middle distance. Correct, correct. So for what it's worth, I have lasted the line on top. 
I was looking at around the $3.50 mark. Early prices were, were quite juicy. It's uh, best available at the moment, $3.70, $3.75 around that mark. So last of the line for me on top. Uh, I suspect Miss Margot and, the well, again, as I said, the SJ Miller runners will fight the finish out. Santander might be able to run a bit of a bit of a race fresh, showed a bit as a two-year-old last season. Interesting runner, Dainty Tess's full brother, Outlaw King, from uh, the Justine Erklund mm. stable, will be having its first start, but didn't see enough from it at the trials to suspect it can stretch the ones that I like uh, on debut on Saturday. So pretty keen, mate. Last of the line on debut, race one. Is that Ding Dong's first ride back from a lengthy uh, absence through injury as well? Correct. He showed up to I ride think he at... he got the uh, ride in on... Um, yeah, he was meant to be riding one on Wednesday, wasn't he? It was, yeah, I think he was uh, even uh, had the silks on. What was that? Uh, oh, no, now he was scratched. So he actually uh, yeah, he didn't have much luck on Wednesday in getting in the saddle, but uh, hopefully we can see Sean... Uh, Back in the saddle here, it's good to have another uh, top liner uh, riding in WA. Yeah, it's been a long road to recovery for for Sean, but uh, he's a high-quality rider, has been for as long as I can remember, so he's a welcome addition back to the riding ranks at any stage. So uh, good luck, uh, Sean O'Donnell. Great to see you back in the saddle. And, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, – what him and Outlaw King, Danny Tess's uh, younger brother, can do at Ascot on Saturday. So, race mm-hmm. two, Terry. Yeah, for the the two year olds, BJ. I actually, um, I'm probably one of the very few people that had a bit of faith and did the form on um, on the Wednesday night just for those early Thursday prices. But uh, this is a race I actually, I actually uh, sort of sat out. So I'm going to um, let you take the reins here, BJ. I don't, uh, I haven't done enough of the trial form to really uh, share my opinion. I wouldn't have thought. Yes, so I do like my two-year-old racing and I actually quite like this race as well. The um, There's the race experience from Our Boy Dylan and Just a Pinch, which uh, is pretty, which stacks up pretty well, I think. Just a pinch is a uh, is a midweek winner on debut, and our boy Dylan has has been a bit stiff to run into a couple of handy horses in Salaya, and I'm a single man in his two runs so far. There's two first. There's two first starters. Actually, start again. There's a there's one horse called Schwadelace. I think that's how you pronounce it. She has uh, she had a start back in November. Um, obviously, was too bad to be true. Was put away and um, but has trialed really well uh, twice in March already. But the two horses that I really want to focus on are both on debut. The first one being Captain Burglar, hundred thousand dollar yearling from the Neville Parnham stable. I thought his Belmont March sixteen trial was really really strong and of course who would have thought we're seeing a Saracen white two-year-old I think we've, we flagged this horse on a couple of weeks uh, a couple of weeks ago when Pete McCormick was on the podcast real grace uh, she, the Saracen white will be having a two-year-old starter in March so she's going to have a, a lot of admirers and and of course the market has uh, has her currently marked as the $3.20 favorite at the moment but for me I really am quite I'm I'm really quite interested to see how Captain Burglar goes. I am surprised at the current price. I would have thought he was um he would have been a bit shorter in Matt. the market on on the strength. Yeah, that's 
that's probably the key, isn't it? But um, on the strength of his latest trial, I thought he moved really well, covered the ground nicely. Chris and Neville Parnham, the 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 track should be playing quite fair. But yeah, he's if he's going to win, he's going to have to come from from rearwards, isn't he, Terry? So who, who do you think it's will di- find the difficult, front? Difficult for two year olds. Yeah, who do you think will find the front? Uh, well, I don't want to try and pronounce the name because I'll probably get it wrong. Uh, Choi De Lace. Choi, it's by Shazir. So, uh, Choi De Lace, I, I suspect, from Barrier One. Blinkers on, heap of speed in its trial. Uh, they'll be aiming, uh, obviously, from the inside gate to hold the top. There's, there's never usually a huge design in, in handing up with two-year-olds because they're, uh, they're educated to jump and run. Uh, well, the majority of them are. Real Grace will be the... Um, uh, the opposite, obviously, being from that yard. Um, but I'm expecting Shoy Lace will probably uh, hold the fence. But um, yeah, it should be it should be somewhat willing early, which um, will definitely play into Captain Burglar's uh, hands. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what the market does leading into this race. Real Grace will have uh, she's I'm an I'm invincible filly. Her trial win was was pretty sharp. She um, she'll be sort of midfield a pair worse than midfield as well so i imagine them uh captain burglar and real grace will be making their runs together perhaps chris parnham will be looking to follow uh william pike into the race just a pinch and our boy dylan will and schwa de lace will be on top of the speed um try, attempting to to control the control the tempo as much as possible yep. yeah again it, again it's hard to be overly bullish about a horse having its first start from uh, from barrier eight um, but there was just something in the trial that I really liked about Captain Burglar so I'm just going to be just going to be I'm probably going to be having something something on because the price is is right for me other than that I think Real Grace is a bit on the the thin side from a pricing point of view and the other two chances our boy Dylan and our uh, main chances our boy Dylan and um, just a pinch they'll be on speed doing their doing their best but um but yeah like were you surprised to see Schwai de Lace um open favorite Terry oh, as I said I didn't really I didn't even create a market for this there was too much guesswork and too much uncertainty um with, with the with the two-year-olds there's so many unraced two-year-olds and so many different factors in the race so I didn't really create a market I mean I I had something on our boy Dylan at ten to one or nine to one when it went up on Thursday morning, purely because that looked looked wrong um, on the surface to me. But um, I, I can't, uh, I can't be confident in a market like this. So I, I'm, I'm just happy sitting it out and, and focusing on the next date, which I've uh, got stuck into reasonably well. Yeah, all good. Okay, so from a tipping point of view, I'm going Captain Burglar on top. Be surprised to see uh, if whoever wins this race, whether they back up in the Karakata next week because the, the first four or five in the market wouldn't look out of place in the Karakata plate next Saturday, I don't think. No, definitely um, not. So in a, in a race that's going to be dominated uh, market-wise by Star Colt, Gemma's son. But, um, but yeah, it, it, um, it might just be interesting to see how these babies measure up and, and if the winner wins impressively enough, they might uh, race their way into, into Karakata Plate contention. So we'll see how this one plays out. All right, moving on to race three, the Seatbelt Wines Handicap 1,400-metre race for the 78-plus brigade. I sensed a bit of optimism in your voice leading up to this race, Terry. What can you share with your listeners? How do you think this one's going to play out? 
Yeah, I don't mind this one as a uh, as a betting proposition. Um, I just actually, just on a side note, just saw a tweet come through from Jay Rooney. We were um, expecting a 13 race card on Monday, but um, apparently the reason might be that some waging operators uh, don't have the facilities to, to move to 13 races and allow for a 13th race. So that might be the uh, the reason why there's uh, there's only 12, uh, which, is, uh, which is quite funny. Uh, back to this though, 1,400 metres. Uh, and the key to this event for me is the, uh, is the 1,400 metres. Um, Floyd has been a good thing beaten in its last couple, you'd probably say, um, if not a good thing beaten. It's been a huge run. Um, you'd expect uh, with Jared Noski replacing Jerry, there should be some upside in that sense. Um, and Caricarpo is coming out of very similar form lines and and also racing very well and looks to be, uh, looks to be coming into his own. But um, neither are tried over the, over the 1,400 metres. So um, there's got to be major uh, concerns in that sense, especially with, especially with Floyd. I mean, prior to this campaign, Floyd would have been considered a 1,000-metre specialist. Uh, 1,200 metres uh, he can get, but uh, that would have been a stretch. So as well as he is going over the 1,200 this campaign, I just I have to have some doubts about how he's going to run out a, um, a strong 1,400. And, and I am expecting this to be a strong 1,400 with uh, my Greek boy engaged, who I, uh, again, I'm expecting a fairly um, aggressive ride from Peter Hall. I think um, I think they tactically got it a little bit wrong last start when they were happy just to sit outside the speed and, and sort of um, paddle along a bit. This is a horse who, who does uh, his best racing out in front. Uh, so for that reason, um, I'm probably happy taking on Floyd and to a lesser extent, Caracarpo. I, I do think Caracarpo might run out the 1400, but still some doubt there. So I'm, I'm happy um, at the at the thinner prices taking on those two. Um, and that leads me, I'm also, sorry, I'll, I'll finish my knocks. Uh, my lay of the day is, is Festival Miss. Um, she's gone up favourite here. She's $2.80, $2.90. I put up 380 or 390 um, on bet for yesterday. A very small amount's been taken, but um, I wouldn't be taking it if I was you. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm pretty sure she'll she'll trade at five, six, seven to one. Um, huge ride by Clint Johnston Porter. I know Pike replaces him, but um, Pike couldn't have done any more than CJP did last start. Um, so. I uh, I can't really see a way that uh, she wins this race up in class. It's going to be back to last from fourteen hundred. Uh, she's not even well weighted, being a um, seventy six rider and a seventy eight plus, so she's uh, carrying a kilo more than she should. So I don't know. Very happy taking her on at the shorts. She'd be um, about the fifth favourite in, in my market. But um, the ones I do like uh, are Regal uh, Regal Council should get the run of the race uh, on the back of my Greek boy uh, Fit. Um, I think uh, his run against uh, Platoon last campaign where he did work outside the speed um, was huge, especially for a horse who traditionally does his best work um, with a sit. So I was really impressed by that. Um, he should land on the back of my Greek boy. Um, Chris Parnham is riding as well as anybody at the moment, so there's, there's definitely not a negative with the jockey change. Since he's gone to a Fernie yard, he's now with... Uh, Friend of the podcast, Luke. Not with uh, not with Peter anymore. But uh, since he's gone to the Fernie Yard, he's uh, won five of his ten starts, placed at a further three, and the other two he ran fourth in very strong company. So um, I think he's a bloke on the rise. I think he's a bloke that will not just get the fourteen, but probably end up getting the sixteen hundred as well. Um, so very happy having my main bet on him um, with something a war god who I think the market has forgotten. BJ, what are we doing with Gloryland? I'm I'm expecting, I'm expecting, and it's not not full of confidence. I'm expecting Gloryland may not be able to go with them early, um, coming off a year and a half uh, off 
I'm expecting that Gloryland might uh, just have to be ridden a little bit colder, not necessarily by design. I just don't know if it will um, have the early speed, BJ. Yeah, well, that's that was just the only thing with your speed map. What uh, that's the only horse that could really throw a bit of a spanner in the works, especially for for my Greek boy, if if they do choose to ride glory land for speed interesting is this the first runner for the sean and jake casey father and son training combination uh it'll be the second runner just a pinch in the previous will be the first oh yes of course mm. so well uh, that's uh sean and jake casey a new training partnership father and son so good luck to them jake's brother steel is a is a trainer quite an astute young trainer in his own right so he's got one Casey's of my horses a, actually Who's that, Terry? You want to share that uh, with the Unraced. Uh, its name's The Slug. Uh, the don't slug. ask me why it's called The Slug. It was actually us that named it as well. Um, was meant to be trialling, surely. I haven't heard much recently. So uh, we'll keep everyone updated on The Slug. It can be The People's Horse, The New People's Horse. That's a great name, The Slug. Mm. <laughs> there, is a, yeah, there is a bit of a story behind it. I'll, I'll share that one at a later date, perhaps. Eh? Sounds good. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, Gloryland is a is a pretty good stayer in his own right he's a bit of a whatever happened to actually he's been off the scene for quite some time i think last race was in the northern cup of 2018 so um they'll probably be looking for him just to get some race fitness into him moving forward so i agree with you terry i think this race is set up nicely for regal council he was um super winning first up knocking off cryptic love who will no doubt be talking about in-depth in race 10 on the card. Uh, that was first up over 1,200. He then ran into a pretty smart horse in Red Can Man last Saturday. Uh, Mitchell Pateman opted to use Barrier 2 and ride him really close to what turned out to be quite a searing tempo that no doubt would have sucked some of the closing speed out of him. I don't expect this tempo to be as quite as intense. That run would have given him a really solid platform off the off the seven-day break. Chrissy Parnham, as you said, riding enormous. That that break in December really did him the world of good. He looks focused. He looks hungry. He's um, he looks really strong. I reckon this race is set up nicely for Regal Council. I'm with you there too, Terry. Yes, yeah, it really, it really does. I mean, that that red can for, uh, man form and Pim's Royale form will really, um, will really stack up here. But um, Regal Council for me will be two thirds of the bet. The other one third is uh, as on War God. Uh, I think uh, the Stewards Report has him missing the kick first up. I don't think that was the case at all. I, I think I sort of uh, mentioned in uh, uh, the podcast a fortnight ago that I expected them to ride War Gold cold, and I think Brad just took a hold out of the machines and um, was happy dropping him back to last and uh, letting him have a run and build some fitness and it was a really big effort for a horse that's not renowned for his um finishing sprints he finished only 1.4 off caracapo and floyd and and uh the horses he'll he'll race here over the unsuitable 1200 meters so um i'm expecting some aggression from brad parnham on a horse who continually gets under punters guards in uh in in war god so there's no way in my market he's 15 to 1 i've got him closer to the seven dollar mark and i've, I've marked regal council three dollar sixty favorite so um we're talking four dollars regal council and about 15 there were there was 20 to 1 plus war got at various stages but um two-thirds of my bet will be regal council and the other third on war god and um happy to play good stuff yeah well war god um doesn't usually go that well first up to be honest and he went super his, his actual lead up trial prior to that was 
was really Strong, good. Yeah. Also, so he looks like he's in a pretty good space, mm-hmm. um, as is most of the Neville Parnham yard at the moment. So I can see where he's coming from from that uh, in that regard. But yeah, I'm with you, mate. Regal Council in race four, uh, race three of the day. Right, so moving on, race number four. Uh, this will be. A very interesting return for Dia Caldi here over the thousand metres in this uh, 72 plus. It's interesting to note she's another mare who uh, doesn't actually get in um, well at the weights being a 68 Raider in a 72 plus but she does have a lot of upside so that can probably be um, be forgiven. Um, I think she just, I'm really surprised she's open $2.20. She's actually another I've put up on Betfair as a lay. I put up $2.80 about her with a good chunk of that already being taken. Um, I have no doubt she can win. Um, I'm, I'm very, very, very confident that First of All Miss won't win the previous. Um, I have no doubt that Dia Calder uh, can win this race, uh, especially from the Simon Milliard. But there's just got to be some real um, question marks on her BJ with uh, the 322 days between runs, drawing barrier eight uh, in, in what's going to be a really strongly run race with um, with Mervyn probably trying to cross Milady. So I just think she has to be a risk, especially at those thin prices. Yeah, I marked her exactly 280 in uh, on Wednesday night when I was doing my market, and uh, she's another whatever happened to hasn't raced since May 11, 2019. In fairness, her record is pretty good. She's got form around some some decent horses. That last start where she ran third to rise again, absolute moral beaten. Something obviously must have gone amiss, which has led to her having such a extended stint on the sidelines trial was eye-catching wasn't really knocked around that was on the 9th of march uh, at lark hill i can see why the punters have uh or the market has her as screwed down as they had simon miller first up william pike there is um there is nothing else really in the market that is um nothing else in this race that would could challenge her for favoritism so i can see why she is the price but i agree with you i think that's too thin on a horse that is having its uh, first run in as you said 322 days i uh, i marked her on top not really expecting her to be that short but um seeing as she is that short i wouldn't mind having a look having seeing what your thoughts would be on a horse like state attorney mm-hmm. i know he's not really one of yours but this sort of looks like the sort of race he could he could slide into what do you think yeah it looks pretty suitable um for him actually I, i've played this race pretty uh i'll actually tell you exactly what i've done so you people can see how crazy i am but when when the markets went up i basically had sort of two units mervyn at about nine to one two units molten seven to one uh, a unit guns and navarone at about 17 18 to one and i'm yet to back state attorney but i'm going to have something on state attorney to finish square on the race <laughs> so uh yeah i i don't uh, i don't mind backing a few and obviously when i'm pricing dear calder closer to five to one um and she goes up uh two dollars twenty there's there's going to be a few uh there's going to be a few which i can back uh the early prices unfortunately i mean looking at the current quotes they're talking 650 mervyn five bucks molten 14 guns and navarone and six dollars state attorney the only one of those that probably comes up well enough over my price is um is guns of navarone um but 
she's a another Neville. He's he's another Neville partner runner that seems to uh, sort of get under the guard when he wins. It always tends to be at a price, and and they space mm. his runs uh, purposely um, between thirty and fifty days, and, and that seems to work for him. So, look, I, I unless you want to play in sort of my manner, I'm, I'm basically just laying D Calder with the way I'm betting. Um, but the prices aren't there at the minute, BJ. So um, I am struggling to really suggest one with confidence at the current marks. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think all things being equal, Dear Kelder probably wins. There's no value in the price though. I, uh, from a tipping point of view, I had State Attorney um, next best. I would be surprised to see Hoboken run a bit of a race. Cripper actually, Cripper likes Hoboken too. Yeah, uh, stable mate of Guns of Navarone, but um, but yeah, it's 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 one of those races where um, you could you know you could even make a case for a horse like Glasgow Girl first up if you if you really really wanted to. So it's there's there's a few different ways you can go. Uh, as I said, tipping point of view, I think Dear Kelder uh, was my highest rated horse. Second tip was uh, State Attorney. State Attorney is the overlay for me at the current prices. Yep. No, I'm with you. I'm going to just say, uh, basically, I'll be taking on Dear Calder. And that's, uh, if we get, say, if Hoboken or uh, Glasgow Girl, Glasgow Girl's gross unders, I think, of eight or nine to one as well from uh, from Barrier 10 with Christian. That's a really difficult ride for an apprentice. So um, I, uh, gun to my head, uh, I would probably have Moulton on top uh, outside the leader. Um, but... Again, that's that's with a, a real uh, extreme lack of confidence. I know that Luke's pretty keen on Mervyn and thinks it's working well. So um, expect to see Mervyn ridden really aggressive here with Mitchell Pateman on. And, and he has carried weight um, in Kalgoorlie. So um, I'm expecting that Mervyn will run a pretty honest race out in front. And um, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how well Dia Calder does return after a lengthy layoff. Good. Okay, so moving on, uh, for all our listeners out there, we will not be doing a WA Racing Mastermind competition uh, brought to you by the Mundaring Hotel. With the current situation and the Mundaring Hotel being closed, we're just going to put that um, put that competition to the side for the time being until until that changes. But uh, but just once again, another shout out to all the hardworking crew at the Mundaring Hotel in these tough times. Um, and just a reminder to everyone that if you live up in that neck of the woods, they're doing takeaways and deliveries. Uh, they have a takeaway menu, so. Jump if you're on Facebook, jump on Facebook, look up the Mundaring Hotel, and their takeaway menu is available to view. So, time we move on to race five, Terry, the Kieran Megumi handicap. It is a 1800 meter race, 72 plus. Are you a fan of the Kieran Megumi's by any chance, Terry? Don't don't mind a Kieran Megumi. I uh, I've started a little bit of a uh, sort of a fitness regime, as I was telling you about recently in the last week and a half. So I don't, I'm not sure if I'm meant to be having the Kieran Megumis at the moment. And we can only buy one carton of Kieran Megumis at a time at the minute, obviously. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't mind a Kieran. It feels like a real tab touch master series type of beer to me. So uh, it's probably the, the time of the year I, I drink far too many of those. But uh, yeah, a little do bit you want to let the um, do you want to let the listeners know about your your fitness regime and, and how you expect to emerge from, from isolation if we do happen to go into emerge isolation from in the isolation. coming weeks. No, I don't actually. I don't actually, BJ. No, I don't. Moving on to race five, the uh, over 1,800 metres, uh, 70 plus this one is. And uh, I don't think this is a very strong 
70 or 70, uh, to 70, 70 plus. It's been re-handicapped to 70 plus. I don't think this is an overly strong um, 70 plus handicap, BJ. I am very happy having something on a horse uh, adornment. Uh, not one of mine over the journey. Uh, I've given her three runs this campaign to... She had uh, throat surgery, didn't she, BJ? Is that, have I got, I've she got did, the right yep. horse, haven't I? Yeah, she had throat surgery. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's why she had nearly a year or maybe just uh, touch and go on a year off uh, off the circuit. Um, and uh, she's returned. She's been okay in all of her runs. She was uh, serviceable first up of 1,500. Uh, she found a really slowly run race um, when Chris Graham rode her from a wide gate second up. Um, and last start, I found it really interesting that out of the machines um, over the 2200, that Pike really took a strong hold from barrier six. Uh, I think that was basically the stable saying we don't think we had her completely fit enough to run a strong 2200. Um, she got out at the right time. He wrote her a treat. Um, she looked the winner briefly, but um, the, they were right. She just wasn't strong enough over the 2200. I really like the drop back to 1800, meter, uh, 1800 meters here. Um, her profile at her two victories has been when drawing well, landing just behind the speed um, and, and winning quite comfortably in reasonable um, class of races. So I'm expecting... Uh, William Pike to uh, be a bit more aggressive out of the machines here, land up just behind a reasonable speed in corporate larrikin, uh, swift platinum. Uh, Bella's idol will look to come across as well, um, and I think she'll be in position. A eh? she has she gives me the real feel of a um, just that William Pike, Cerise and White type run just behind the speed. She's definitely not going to be a world beater, um, but I think she gets the right run. I think she's nearing full fitness. I think the eighteen hundred meters might be her go and i'm really happy at five to one to to have something on here beach 2200 meters back to 1800 meters is isn't really hasn't been one of your goes in the past terry are you one no. of your one of your rules are you going against one of your rules for a no, with this mayor it's more about her a finding full fitness um and and be finding the right uh, the right setup for a race. So her two wins have been over sixteen hundred and the eighteen hundred. As I said, you could just tell the way they rode her last start that they re- had real doubts um, on her uh, ability to run that out strongly, um, and thus she was sort of really um, choked out of the gates type thing. So I almost think that this was the race they would have been targeting and last week might have just been a pipe opener um, for the drop back to an 1800 metres and and this let's be honest this is going to be a really strong 1800 metres with um, Corporate Larrikin drawing 13 and Swift Platinum drawing 12 um, neither of those two know how to take a backward step so they should really um, they should really tick along here and I, I think the added fitness and I think the one week between runs is uh, really in her favour yeah good yes she um Throw into the mix there, Juicing Carrots, who led them up last week as well. So you would imagine this is going to be at least a genuinely run 1,800 metres. I think they'll be pretty happy taking it. Juicing Carrots is in a race that had absolutely no speed after the scratching of the big show. So I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure they'll be um, content taking a, a sit with Juicing Carrots. And um, and that will leave, yeah, the, the visitors, Swift Platinum from uh, Esperance and... Um, and corporate larrikin from the uh, from the southwest uh, from Albany to uh, to really roll along. If they if they do play on pace, corporate larrikin's actually running some really nice races down in um, down yes, in Albany. Yeah. So wouldn't surprise me. He always runs a he always runs a, a cheeky race in town every uh, every campaign. I don't think this one's his, but uh, he does go well for uh, for my man CJP. So good luck to uh, to connections of uh, the old boy corporate larrikin. 
Yeah, he's a 10-year-old now. He's done plenty of racing. Um, I can see where you're going with the dormant. I narrowed this down to a race in three, which isn't all that narrow, but the two Cerise and White Runners, Adornment and Mystery Miss, followed by the emerging uh, Mr. Kunifer, who I do have quite a bit of time for. I thought he was pretty good, winning from gate one over the mile uh, two weeks back, knocked off Utgard Loki, was strong enough at the end of 1,600 metres to suggest that he will um, he will appreciate the 1,800 Maps rails and run again from gate one. We'll probably need a bit or need plenty to go right to get galloping room, especially if some of the horses on speed do start retreating uh, around the 400 meter mark and uh, and there's an improving three wide line. Mr. Conifer could be held up in traffic. I'm actually leaning towards top weight mystery miss narrowly. Chris Graham, um, we do talk about him a lot, quite a polarizing figure on the one-one. Um, but he, if he can keep this mare out of trouble, to me, she seems the best horse in the race. When was, when was the last back. time? He, when was the last time he kept one out of trouble, though, Beach? Well, that sounded that probably came across a bit harsher than I intended, but uh, that's uh, a genuine question. Gates of Babylon last Saturday, he managed to yeah, to led. get home from out in front, but. Um, Fancy Gates of Babylon winning. That's the first time I've jumped off, like, yeah. in about 10 starts. Murphy's so. law, isn't it? Always the way. Um, but, yeah, if Mystery, with, with the genuine tempo, bit of speed on, Mystery Miss can land midfield, a touch worse than midfield. Chris Graham can get a nice cut up into the race. She's the best horse in the field. Ready to rock and roll now after two runs back from a spell, looking for the 1,800 metres. The media barren mile run should bring her forward nicely should be just about peaking for me terry i think mystery miss all things being equal should be able to get the job done but not overly confident as i said i've marked mystery miss kunifa and adornment almost all three equally at the top of my markets on wednesday night yeah i, I dare say that um mr old mystery miss is your best horse in this race by a country mile but my uh my guess is that all things won't be equal uh <laughs> BJ in the in the running of this race going on uh, form that I've seen um, but I would be waiting on Mystery Miss to go into a 78 plus or something in the next week or two again in hope that we have another week or two um, because she should be winning anything as soon as W Pike uh, hops back in the saddle but uh, yeah, if Chris Graham rides her well and, and she finds the right line she um, yeah she's the best horse in this race but I believe Adornment's the most suited to the uh, conditions of this event. Okay, so both of us have got a Cerise and White Runner on top. Terry is going for Adornment. I am leaning towards Mystery Miss. The only other runner I'd like to, to highlight is Rivalry Galore. Rivalry Galore is a pretty decent stayer on his day. Hasn't really had a good crack at it in his four-year-old season after being a stakes winner. What did he win? The, I think he won the Belmont Classic. He might have even knocked Beat Mystery off Mystery Miss. Mystery Miss. Yep. Yep, so he's got plenty of talent, but um, look out for him sort of being ridden quietish and, and working home. But if he taps into some of his best form, he might be able to sneak into third and fourth and put some value into your exotics there, Terry. Not for me, but yes, I uh, I think there might be some value. There'll be one or two that run a race at a, at a cheeky price in, uh, in that event. It could be a good race for a maddie, actually, BJ. It could be. Not that I can pinpoint one. All right, so we'll, we'll look at our best betting proposition of the day and our maddies after we finish race 10 on this bumper 
WA Oaks program. Uh, I think we should move on to the first of our features, the listed Mel Vista Stakes for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, 2,200 metres, Terry. Have you got any strong opinions on this particular event? I thought this was a, um, a May, a staying maiden race. Sorry, I didn't realise it was a feature. Jeez. Uh, no, I've, I've got an opinion <laughs> that this, this looks pretty uh, pretty pretty thin. If Basically, these are the blokes that are going to clash with... Um, the Oaks runners uh, in the Derby in a, in a fortnight's time or whenever it's uh, whenever it's run. Uh, I don't think we really need to really take any of these uh, into account. Um, no real strong opinion. I mean, Bogut should be winning the race. That's it's pretty pretty clear cut uh, in that sense. Seems to be getting better the further he goes. But I just I just worry and I just wonder how he's going to go with a race that might not have much speed in it if he's going to be suited. Um, Trying mm. to sprint, uh, trying to sprint off no tempo. So um, I'm expecting a horse maybe like Crazy Red Hot Tip. Uh, I might see a change of tactics. Uh, Criminal Code doesn't jump, so I don't think they really even will have the opportunity to go forward. But if if he does jump, they might try to go forward. But no, I I, I really want to stay out here. I love the last run of Midnight Blue. Um, I like the last run of Red Hot Tip too. Thought he was really tough, um, mm. really tough in the week. But there's just there's just nothing in this for me, Beige. I've marked Bogart a dollar ninety. I've marked Midnight Blue about four fifty. I've marked Red Hot Tip seven bucks. Uh, Crazy, I've got fourteens, and you can get mid twenties, I think, for Crazy. Um, but I I don't I don't really want to want to be on to be honest. Couldn't win a staying maiden last start against um, against Midnight Black, albeit uh, not much um, went his way. They absolutely walked that day, so. Um, Bogart should be winning, but this isn't a race I, I want to have anything to do with uh, Bernard. What about if they decide to ride Arcadia King upside down and send him to the front? I don't think it goes early. Mm. Um, they could do. I, I don't, my point is I don't think it matters what they go forward with. I, I've, I haven't got it out of the realms of possibility that Bogart races in the first two. Um, yeah, actually yeah. began began better last start. So because there is no obvious pace on paper, you will see a horse uh, like Crazy or Criminal Code or Farcadia King jumps potentially um, potentially him. But you you will see one of these these horses go forward. But I, I can't see it being a really um, a really hot tempo. And I think that uh, Pikey will be pretty happy to get rolling f- uh, a little bit earlier than he usually would um, with Bogart. I, w- I would have loved for Midnight Blue to draw barrier one or two. Um, be right next to Bogart on Spritning and at the current prices I would have definitely been happy having something on Midnight Blue um, I think he only gets better with every run in his short career to date um, but yeah, at the current prices and the barriers and the conditions of this event uh, I just can't get interested Bogart should be winning but we'll not be getting mine at $1.70 or $1.65 now yeah it's uh, it's a I don't know I don't know if we ever thought we'd see the day that uh Bogart would be going around odds on in a uh, listed top. feature race at mm. uh, at Ascot, but the to be fair, the the division has got decimated. Well, decimated is not probably the right word, but we've lost Cryptic Wonder, Talladega, and Apache Pass to Hong Kong by the sounds of things. So I think decimated is the right word. Yeah, add those three to this race, and it does have a bit of a different feel to it. Um, Bogart for me should win those odds are poison to quote justin bacardo on twitter you'd need balls of steel to be jumping into bogart at that uh, at that quote um i don't mind red hot tip I, secret pearl looked like he was was going to do red hot tip quite comfortably over the 2200 meters midweek last start but he just 
as you mentioned, Terry, he just sort of found again late and was pretty pretty determined, I thought. So mm-hmm. he's going to race on top of the speed. Probably going to be a hard horse to get past, to be honest. He could be the he could be the the, the one to upset one of the more one of the fancies, I suppose. I can see why 100%. Midnight Blue is in the market. He's uh, he caught the eye last start. I wouldn't be giving up on Criminal Code just yet as well. I think it also has got a lot of ability, still learning its caper. But for me, I think Bogart should win. I'm actually sort of swinging it around towards red red hot tip as we speak as we record the podcast, Terry. So um, yeah, could be could be might find myself having something on red hot tip. Yeah, I can definitely say it. the way the way this race is going to be run. Um, I think there are definitely um, far worse investments than um, than red hot tip. So uh, yes, uh, especially I mean we can get a oh, the pattern for the day shouldn't matter too much um, with the staying events. Um, but if Red Hot Tip does get it pretty cosy out in front, sprints at the right time, we've seen Bogart sort of uh, get caught, uh, takes him a few strides or 100 metres to really pick up the bit and get stuck into it. So if Red Hot Tip, and he, as he said, he, is, he does look pretty tough. Um, his previous mm. maiden win was a, uh, a strong one over Great Waters and a couple of other reasonable conveyances. So, um, yeah, he, he's not impossible in a race, which is basically just a, a glorified class one, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. And and also he did carry the 60 kilos over 2,200 metres midweek. So he will appreciate sliding down to 55 as well, which is another little little positive if we're trying to build, uh, if I'm trying to build my case yep. around red hot tip. But yeah, I, I, yeah good luck to anyone who's, who wants to take the odds on Boga. I think he's the best horse in the race and he'll probably win. For me, I'm now uh, sort of rolling around towards red hot tip as, as, as the one that I want to be on though. Uh, okay, race seven over the fourteen hundred meters. Uh, the one Metro win sixty plus. Uh, this is an interesting race. Not one I had a, um, a hugely strong opinion of. Uh, it's been interesting since markets opened yesterday morning to see the market sort of switched around to sort of mirror how my market looked. I, I had Utgart Loki, um, Loki priced uh, as about a $3.80 favourite. The market went up around the shop around $4.80. So I felt there was a bit of value at the time. Top into a horse. It's raced without minimal luck Um in recent starts uh also hasn't had much luck in drawing a gate and, and that seems to be the case again here um but the current three dollar sixty i think that's that's a tickle unders or probably spot on um his correct price um i i don't really have a strong lean to anything i have tipped a kiko uh online um on on the hub um really really impressed uh with her last efforts behind festival miss um i think you'll find that that form alongside festival miss sophie song and cryptic love with the three runners to beat her home last start and i think if any of those three were in this race uh they would be um a pretty sure price favorite to be honest i, I think all would be sort of sub two three to one so on a day where that was a really interesting day with it with an easterly nothing that raced on pace with cover uh sorry without cover uh really stuck on well uh every winner uh, had cover every horse that ran good races throughout the day had cover it just seemed imperative that you, you didn't want to be racing um without cover on that particular day so uh, her effort to jump run um and give a good 
good strong kick uh, over the, especially over the fourteen hundred meters, like she did. Um, really caught my eye. I marked her seven bucks. So when she was twenty dollars early, I found it pretty easy to step into her uh, each way um, with a reasonable amount of passion. Now thirteen dollars best. I mean, that's probably, in all fairness, probably a bit of my doing that she's down at that price. There's every chance. I can't imagine she's going to be overly popular or overly be overly fashionable. Um, with punters, as a chance she might even creep back out to closer to what I've I've taken. But um, even at the thirteen dollars, I'm I'd be pretty happy uh, having something on her BJ. But um, yeah, there's there's no world beaters here. So if you can be on a horse at at a price who's showing a reasonable bit of tenacity, um, I'm I'm always happy to do so. Where uh, where are you leaning? Thanks, Terry. Like you, I had I got Loki favourite. 350 and Kitgum second favorite so when the market came out the way it did that was that was a little bit surprising um so i can see why the uh the 480 that was offered on the uh, local uh, local operator was uh, was snapped up very quickly actually we actually went up four dollars 80 across the board as well did it really okay it wasn't just uh wasn't just our mate bradley right that's interesting so i think the market is right now which is sort of what i was anticipating initially which leads me to my on top selection i'm going to stick with kit gum again i liked him he was my best betting proposition of the day at ascot on march 14 and he just got nailed late um, by sherpa lass do you think that was a good form race yeah but 14 oh, there was three horses that should have won that race it was yeah 100 there was there was that was a race where b quick was held up pearl trade was how many times i was oh, we're going to get to pearl trade shortly but i wanted to ask you a mm. question actually we'll wait till we get let's i'll hold off on this let's wait till we get to uh pearl trade a bit later on bj i've got a question for you I'm quite excited about it yeah yeah perennially unlucky pearl trade um yeah so i just think kid come from one he's consistent he's honest he's tough he's race fit he's in good form i imagine akiko and maybe super territorial crash across from their high draws which should give kit gum a nice run box seating with chris parnham on board i i really like the fact that he's coming back out to the 1400 he just got out sprinted late by the winner over 1200 1400 will suit him better he just he ticks a lot of boxes for me kit gum i think he's going to get the right run i think he's going to be really hard to beat utgard loki deserved favorite his runs have been really good he's got media baron form he was good this track this track and distance two back in the bit of a funny king blitz um your dreaming race bit of a cluster fart that race was wasn't it bj yeah that was uh, that was a strange one and then he's run second to mr kunifal when looming to win over the mile last start he's a deserved favorite and um justin warwick should have him nailed down ready to peak at this stage of his preparation not sure about the coming back to the 14 but have to respect justin warwick he knows what he's doing and he uh god loki will no doubt be fighting out the finish outside of that i i couldn't really chime in with you on the akiko thing but i can see where you're going with that i um i've actually had a bit of success following watch me nay nay over the journey now can this can you sing us is, that can you sing us the song bj by any chance <laughs> and then can you describe to listeners what a nay nay is as well <laughs> i can do neither terry um but uh uh, this horse is a bit of a whatever happened to, hasn't raced since uh, February 16, 2019. Has had a trial in the lead up to this race. Best form is pretty, 
pretty good, actually. Would be and the David Harrison stable is doing really good things in 2020. They deserve all the success that's coming their way. All their horses are going quite, quite super at the moment. Paul Harvey is on board. I wouldn't be. I'd be including Watch Me Nene in your uh, in your first fours for sure. I wouldn't be surprised to see him run a bit of a race first up from a lengthy layoff. But for me, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a two horse. Uh, it's, a, it's a two horse, um, two horse race. I think the market has pretty has it pretty much spot on, and um, I've got Kit Gum coming out on top, but not with a huge degree of confidence, Terry. Yep, no, I can say they they look the obvious too, and they'll be the the two well supported runners. But um, yeah, I, I'm really happy being on uh, Akiko here. As I said, I don't think I mean Kit Gum. Just fell in over Blankenberge two starts ago, and look, got lucky. He's only a, only a class one runner still. So, uh, Akiko will be out in front. Only goes up a kilo and a half, a mile down in class. Um, and now it's its third run for for Martin Allen. The key for Akiko is crossing Super Territoria here. If if she can yeah, cross Super yeah. Territoria, find the rail without um, going sort of five or six lengths above benchmark early. Then um, yeah, if she repeats her last effort. She's in front for a long way, especially if uh, especially if those out in front have any type of advantage on the day. So uh, double figures in a race that I'm not overly enthused about. Um, she'll, uh, she definitely gets mine. Good. Now, what do, you th- what do you suggest that we do with a horse like Creative Hero? Look like being a really, really good horse as a, as a three-year-old. Something obviously gone amiss. Uh, he was actually rated above Regal Power. I think he might have even beaten Regal Power a couple of times uh, back in um, around this time. Last year, he's gone well and truly off the boil. His two runs for Adam Durant uh, late 2019 were poor. He's had two trials leading up to this. His trials haven't been that great, to tell you the truth. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how he how he goes moving moving forward with his preparation. But at his best, he's got a lot of talent, but happy to oppose him first up on Saturday. Yeah, 50 to 1. 50 to 1? Yeah. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Guru is uh, putting fifty to one up on oh, I don't the Betfair. I don't think I'm overly brave putting Creative Hero here. I think uh, I don't think there'll be anybody backing him here. Surely. Well, he's. I think he opened up pretty. He opened up seven dollars in the local exchange. So yeah, he, I, I understand, Brad. Yeah, Brad had to. You to keep him safe here because he's. Um, he has done what he has done in the past. So you have to keep horses of that nature safe, especially first up. But. Um, no, he looks he looks a little bit beaten to me, and uh, even if he wasn't beaten, it would be a very difficult ride for for Chris Graham um, to uh, to navigate. Fair enough. All right, race eight, Terry, the yeah. Belmont Bunneroo Belmont's Bunneroo handicap. This is the second division of the uh, special conditions fourteen hundred meter graduation handicap. They got a heap of nominations for for this race and divided it in two, which helped us create the tenth race on the card. How are you going to play this one, Terry? I'm not overly uh, keen on having a huge uh, investment here, um, but I think the, the the speed map's probably the most integral aspect of this race and the thing we, we want to look at most. Um, I'm expecting Olga Louisa to be ridden uh, a little bit more circumspect uh, by Jay Whiting. Uh, 1,100 up to 1,400 when racing on pace over the 1,100 has been uh, found wanting late. So I can't see any real... Uh, reason they'd be wanting to go a helter skelter up to the 1400 so look to see Olga Louisa 
ridden a little bit quieter, um, which should probably leave Spirit and Fire from Barrier 4 out in front. Um, again, they, they might be content taking a sit um, with Spirit and Fire if, if the if Lipstick Flickers comes across and does put the speed on, but Lipstick Flickers for me should find um, the lead or the outside of the lead here and probably with some degree of ease, I hope. Um, she comes out of that race we, we mentioned a minute ago, um, that Ukgaard Loki came out of where... Um, it was an absolute, uh, it was a dog's breakfast, uh, that race. So there was more uh, hard luck stories than, than horses that actually were probably given a fair winning chance, in all fairness. Um, the initial thoughts were that, uh, that they went pretty slowly, but when the data came through, they actually, uh, they actually skipped along in that. So um, I'm expecting uh, some aggression from, um, from the yard. Who uh, The yard tend to be a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more patient with their rides, happy to take sits when they're when they're on offer. But I'm expecting from the gate that their hand will be forced, and I just find it pretty hard not to be on her here. Um, I think she's probably even the best horse in this race. Uh, so if she's finding a spot on speed when the two major Jane dangers, uh, Divine Shadow and Special Choice, have drawn 13 and 14, she should have a good head start on them. And look at three dollars fifty. I've marked her three twenty. That's that's enough for me to, to have something on lipstick flickers here, but um, I I do worry what last start took out of her, um, both physically and mentally. So I don't want to be going OTT here, BJ. On the Terps, yeah, on the Terps, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my great nemesis. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. Lipstick flickers. I marked her three fifty. I just think she just needs to be ridden like the good horse that she is and she will find a suitable spot on top of the speed. If everyone wants to grab hold, I wouldn't be too worried about going straight to the front on lipstick flickers. Yep, me too. Try and own the race from there. There is a couple of wild cards from a speed map point of view, but regardless, Sean McGrady, um, aggressive last week in his winning ride on... Red Cam Man, if he can show similar aggression from the exact same starting point, the Ascot 1,400 metres, I think Lipstick Flickers can land in position 1A for her. She looks really hard to beat. Um, special Choice was okay against in a very fast 3 or 1,200 metre race last Saturday. On the quick backup, Gate 14 looks to have uh, a bit against her. I imagine she's going to have to come from close to last flipstick she does have gate speed though she, so she they, does. They, that's the one thing you need to look at with special choice pikey could opt to ride her a little bit more aggressively and try and find a spot um so yeah she's she's a, she's probably another wild card in that in that speed map um pending pending what the stable want to do they might just be happy to see her run on and basically uh tell them that she wants to keep racing in those colors yeah i think i think pikey will be Maybe looking for do, do like a wizard special and try and land in a three wide cover in a three wide line, uh, moving into the race with momentum. I still suspect Lipstick Flickers is going to hold the dominant field position advantage over Special Choice, and which is why I'm leaning towards uh, Lipstick Flickers from a field uh, speed map and uh, field position point of view. But at her best, Special Choice is is certainly good enough to win. Just I imagine Team Williams is tweaking a couple of things behind the scenes just to get this filly back on track. I can see why she's well fancied and she's my second selection. Outside of that, I think the low draw for your dreaming, um, one of Pete McCormick's uh, 
uh, horses. He he quite liked her last start in um, over the mile. Coming back to the fourteen hundred from gate two, I can I can see why people wouldn't mind having something on your dreaming. The two I think that are a touch outside of the market whose best form puts them right in the finish and whose best best form would almost see them win this race is heavenly and fair and go crying both of them um can yeah both of them can give this a shake i really like the booking of paul harvey on go crying freshened up 35 days he's um He's run against better horses than this and run really well in the past. Steve Wolf Stable doing some pretty good things at the moment. From gate three, he can land in a suitable running position without having to burn too much fuel early. I'm, uh, yeah, I could see him running a, a race at um, at, a, at a price. But yeah, if Lipstick Flickers gets across from gate 12, some aggression from, T, uh, from Robert and Todd Harvey and Sean McGrady, she does look like the horse to beat and um, and really um, I think the only real negative for her is whether she's going to run out the strong 1,400 metres but I think she's 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 got talent, she's got a bit of class and if uh, if the connections decide to ride her positively and uh, like the best horse in the race, she should take some beating, Terry. Yes, she should. Um, I've also backed Go Crying for, for the record. Uh, marked $9 in my book, so the 15 to 1 was an easy bet. So I'm, um, I'm with you there, BJ. Okay, so we're moving on to the big feature race of the day, the City of Belmont, WA Oaks, Group 3, 2,400 metres for the three-year-old fillies. Now, is there any world in which... You could possibly see Tuscan Queen, the, do- the current dollar fifty, dollar forty-five favorite in some places. Can you? Is there any possible way you can see her getting beaten, Terry? No. Oh, did you want me to expand on that? Or uh, no, the answer is no. I've uh, I lobbed my uh, preview in last night, and uh, I have to do uh, I have to do something on the feature. But I, I couldn't suggest a bet at the dollar forty-five, obviously. But I, I have said that. Um, when isolation ends, if she, if she loses this race, I will uh, I'll do a, a one kilometre naked dash down um, St George's Terrace. That's how confident I am, Bernard, uh, that she's unbeatable. She should be winks. The dollar forty, the dollar forty actually means that she's a seventy one percent chance of winning this race, and I think you'll find that is overs. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if she trades lower dollar thirties, higher dollar twenties. Um, yeah, she's just got absolute panels on these. Pikey replaces Hall. Jeez, just just ticks uh, an awful lot of boxes. I did a bit of a mad dash down to the uh, the TAB on uh, Monday when a dollar eighty five went up, but uh, I was not quick enough, unfortunately. BJ, I was on the phone to you at the time, actually, wasn't I? We were uh, having a bit of a chat, and I said, "Gotta go." I don't even know if I said goodbye. I think I just hung, hung up. <laughs> but I do that most times anyway, so it's probably nothing new. Um, now she wins this really comfortably. Stand around your quaddies and. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing else to say here. She just she just wins this really really easily. Good ride, bad ride, doesn't matter. Okay, so favourite out, who runs second? Uh, I'll go with Cambist. Uh, I think Kyra was a little unlucky last start from Barrier Two, and they all started going around her and taking her on, and she just got shuffled a long way back. Um, I think I think that. Uh, she'll run it out really strong. But in saying that, I mean, I think Mood Goddess, uh, Pam Bella, Safe to Make Up was one that I, I really wanted to, just before market shut the other day, Beej, I, 
I don't have a few accounts, obviously, and I sent out a few little text messages to try and get on, but I didn't have a great deal of success. Um, they had 10 bucks up a place, one of the agencies. It was all in for safe to make up to run a hole. Um, I'm pretty confident she'll run top five, so the 10 bucks a hole was, was, was very good punting. Current four bucks won't get me, um, and I don't have anything on, so I didn't actually have any success in that sense. But uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a blanket finish. Mood goddess. Canvassed, uh, Pam Bella and, uh, and Safe to Make Up, I think will be your two, three, four, five or, or something around that. But um, I won't be getting involved in any quartets because they are basically the, the horses in market order. Yeah, sure thing. So just one last thing before we move on from the Oaks because it does look like a bit of a one-outer. What do we do with a horse like Naughty by Nature? Was it a case of, in your opinion, did she not stay the other day? Did she, was she ridden a bit too aggressively? Is there any way that they can turn things around? Because she did start $3.10 favourite in the Natasha Stakes two weeks ago. Yeah, well, Jason Miller's obviously the, the stable foreman for Adam Durant and that he's... Adam is arguably um, the state's best trainer of, of stayers, um, I, I would say, and getting horses right. But yeah, it, it's hard to have the, the forgiveness um, on that run. I would expect a, that they will ride her a little bit colder here and, and seeing her improve is definitely um, not without doubt. But I mean, in this current climate, when we might not race for a while, um, it was a, probably a bit of a no-brainer as well to continue on. And, and as long as she's well and in good order to continue on. But uh, she was just probably a little bit uh, a little bit too average um, in the Natasha to, to consider here for me. Sure. So I, um, I like you, uh, I think that that Tuscan Queen price will just c- continue to get nibbled away. She could be a dollar $1.28 job come mm-hmm. bounce down uh, on Saturday, Terry. So for me, I think Mood Goddess will run second. Been sort of tracking her closely, all preparation. Um, hopefully she can she can run a hole. Um, outside of that, I think Naughty My Nature will improve. I reckon they got their tactics wrong the other day. Too, too keen early, bounced her out, tried to hold a forward running position if they just drop her out and let her run on i think she can be stronger late there's one horse who i think might be able to run a huge race at huge odds secret pearl i think she this horse stays really really well her i was uh, on her last i was on her for her last win beach yeah her 2200 meter win over red hot tip um was good and we i I tried to make a case for red hot tip in the uh in the mel vista so if i'm making the case for red hot tip in the mel vista i i think the 40 the current 51 dollars secret pearl more of a place uh option i don't be surprised to see secret pearl run top four in in the wa oaks on on saturday that's all i'll say but tuscan queen is the outstanding filly in west australian uh racing and she looks to have an absolute mortgage on the WA Oaks and Team Williams, William Pike, the Cerise and White, in these races, they they just continue to dominate and um, and it looks like they'll be uh, Bob Peters will be taking home another another WA Oaks trophy on Saturday. He certainly will be. It's uh, it's all over. They don't say uh, if the races do happen to get called off before then, they they still should probably just award it to her. She's the uh, the the equivalent of Liverpool in the uh, in the EPL. She's uh, she's unbeatable. Walk over. All right, Terry, it's that time of the podcast again. It's the Get Out Steaks time. Market City Meats, delicious beef package up for grabs, Terry. S-T-E-A-K-S. Wouldn't mind. I'm a bit hungry at the moment, Beach, so I wouldn't mind an S-T-E-A-K-S at the moment, actually. 
I'd have to call downstairs and see, uh, see who's around and see if they'll cook something up for me. But yes, the Get Out Stakes, it looks a, uh, oh, it, it looks a, a difficult, uh, an open ending to the day, but um, I'm, I'm quite confident uh, that we can find the winner and I think we are aligned here, BJ. We are, we are. We were pretty keen on Cryptic Love last start mm. and uh, what did you think of that, Terry? That was a very... Hard race to watch. Brutal was the word that uh, comes to mind. Yeah, no, I'm just, um, I'm still pulling the fork out of my eyes um, after that after that race. But uh, no, it's look, it's difficult uh, being a jockey at the best of times. We know that, and um, there was just a momentary decision there where Joey had to go outside when he went inside, and um, and that's that's what uh, ended up costing her the race. But um, I think the big thing with cryptic love is that's not the first time like i wrote in my preview that she's carrying the 57 and a half here if she'd had normal luck um throughout her career she'd be she'd be carrying 75 here um i think mm. um uh very simply uh, i think she's the best horse uh, in this race by a long way but in in saying that best horses uh don't always win as i, I said earlier i think mystery miss is probably the best horse in a race earlier, but I don't think conditions suit. But um, I think she can overcome uh, the couple of uh, conditions against her, namely the fact she's fourteen hundred back to twelve, which, as you know, isn't really uh, isn't really one of my uh, tactics, which I usually get around. Um, and the other issue is obviously drawing wide uh, from barrier fourteen. She will likely be looking for a spot in a three wide line. Um, but I think the advantage she does have here is the uh, is the weak speed we're going to see up uh, out in front. Uh, Pegatigo uh, visits from Kalgoorlie. Uh, we have Greco, who maybe doesn't have the the speed um, that he used to have, um, but he's still capable of rolling forward and, and putting uh, a bit of tempo on the race. And the, probably the most important one is uh, is Good Morning, mm. um, able to lead at your class start, fifty two and a half with Christy Bennett from Barrier Two should probably hold the rail. Um, and, and none of those horses are still going to be in this race at the 150. So with them all paddling out in front and sort of creating a little bit of congestion uh, out on top, I think horses in the three-wide line could very well be suited here. So um, we're going to need a good ride. Uh, we're going to need some luck. Um, but at $4 plus, I, I think we're getting the right price to um, to see if we do get that luck so very happy being on cryptic love not as confident as i was last week as i said just just because um so much does need to go right um but a strong lean to cryptic love bj yes terry i'm um i'm becoming more i'm becoming keener and keener on cryptic love with every minute I can understand why Ocean's 15 will be very well supported. Geez, there was some money for him last start, Terry, when he got, he just failed to run down Beauty Canis in a bit of a funny, muddling old 1200 meter race first up. He's um, He's got a pretty bright future, Ocean's 15, and he's always well backed. So I imagine that he's got, well, mostly well backed. So I imagine there's going to be plenty of money for him tomorrow it's it's the best nomination for us and anyone that's backing cryptic love because they've drawn 13 or 14 and i i just have no doubts that cryptic love's a better horse yeah so let's say they both have the same runs in transit they both come out and sprint together from the top of the straight there's only going to be one outcome and oceans 15 is taking up sort of 25 percent of the market and as you said i mean I, i've had the majority of my bet at four 
$1.50, but I probably mm. would have been smarter to hold off. Um, monitor a track pattern, obviously, because if they aren't making much ground, it will make things a little bit more difficult, but not impossible. Um, but there's every chance that the strong money comes again for Ocean's 15, and, and we see a, um, a, a really nice sort of looking price for, for cryptic love late. So um, I'm really, really happy that Ocean's 15 is in this race because uh, I feel it, it's going to give us a, um, a far better price. What do you think of Sweet Dreaming with William Pike back on board, Terry? Uh, nice horse, but it's a, it's a barrier horse. It's a get a barrier, land in the 1-1, one, one, lands two back, one out, maybe the outside of the speed if it's a slowly enough run race. Um, yeah, from barrier 12, Pike will push forward, try to find a spot. It'll get a head start on the other ones, and if, if Pike rides his usual gem of a race, it's a chance, but uh, nah, no, no interest for me. Um, okay. Prices. You were pretty keen on illustrious Tycoon, last start where where do you think he'll he'll end up he he, he was six dollars in a in the red can man pims royal fred dag race like that's he was that's he a pretty was good 20s 20s two sixes as well it was a pretty good sp profile gate four as a party this doesn't look as strong he has to be in contention really yeah, um i've got him as one of the main dangers and that's purely because um where he's going to be racing um, exactly yeah. i don't know if he'll be able to cross and find the fence uh, i think he'll probably there's a chance they might even ease out of the speed battle with him um just because they don't want to get involved with those hundred two hundred dollar uh shots out in front but he's going to have a good head start um on the other runners if you look at his three previous runs from a lengthy spell they were all really good so i'm happy to forgive the last start if you, if you watch the last 50 he was actually coming again on the line um so that's the type of runner i'd probably be happy just to to forget he went around he's probably above my price uh he's touch and go actually with my price at around about nine dollars i'm not going to save here um because i feel you could save in a few different little spots and i really only like to save when i, I feel there's a strong um second favorite or second chance that i i haven't uh i haven't got as my main investment but um yeah, expecting him to definitely be a chance um, pending how the race is run. Good, yep. So, but I, coming back to my on-top selection, I'm I'm starting to get pretty bullish about Cryptic Love. As we spoke about, absolute moral beaten, probably first up, but definitely second up. He, um, she rather, should, uh, should be able to find a nice trail um pattern dependent but we're we're assuming that the that the run on brigade will get bang for their buck especially later in the day and um cryptic love i just think she's just going to be too strong late pretty keen um she's almost my best of the day terry yeah she's touch and go my best of the day as well bj um i do uh i always you always have to be a little bit you can be as keen as you want but thing one little thing can go wrong um in the run or she gets the wrong line or the back of the wrong horse or uh yeah just so many things have to go right when you when you're asking a horse to come from dead last at ascot so or, or close to close to last at ascot so uh i think it's always keen to uh it's always key not to not to get over excited about a um a back marker at Ascot. I'm also expecting speeding comment uh, to improve here. I've had something small on it, about 26 to 1. This is a horse that never should go around at 20, 30 to 1. Um, he's, a, uh, he's a real apprentice horse. He's, he's a real uh, weight carrier. Don't think he's suited to leading, um, and I don't think he's suited being back last where he has been in these last two. So um, some forgiveness there, but not, not a huge amount. We'll just, just be finishing square on the race if he was to win. Um, but the question I was going to ask you before is, Pill Trade. 
a dollar forty would be a good price to take for held up entirety of the straight. <laughs> and I reckon that would be the seventeenth time in. This is probably twenty eight starts for three wins. Pearl Trade is a genuinely very, very, very good horse. That last watch the replay of last start misses it by. I don't know, however far, uh, and then just held up the entirety of the straight. With Carvery, I don't know how many times Carvery, and, and it's usually it's only Carvery and Stent that have rode this horse. It's, I know that he's a very loyal uh, trainer, and, and Carvery and, and, and Stent ride for him uh, religiously, but this is a horse you, you need to be trying to get uh, a William Pike on. I know it's, it's hard to get his booking. Everyone wants him, but this is a horse that just has a stack of ability. Um, it's just unlucky every single start. And from barrier one, when she's going to end up seven back or eight back the fence, um, yeah, it's it's going to happen again, I'd suggest. So yeah, last start is just incredible. One for one for replay uh, watches all day long. Yeah, the Terry Layton roadblocks might come into effect for poor old Pearl Trade and Paddy on Saturday uh, for, from gate one. But yeah, her record should be significantly better than the the three wins from 28 starts no doubt about that she she is a bit of her own worst enemy at times but but yeah she's just one of those horses isn't she just so many times it's like oh pearl trade again again but um but anyway i'm i'm, I'm expecting the pontiff paul harvey a uh, a hungry informed strong paul harvey to keep cryptic love out of trouble and sweep to victory in the get out stakes I'm with you, BJ. Cryptic love by a half length for me. Good. All right. It's time for our best betting proposition of the day. Um, Guru, would you like to lead us off? Uh, yeah, a bit of a blanket finish for me this week. Um, Adornment, Lepstick Flickers, Cryptic Love, all, all pretty pretty close. But um, I, I like the strategy for race three um, where we are having two-thirds of our staking on Regal Council at about four to one and the other third on War God at 15 to one. That's my favorite um, race to bet on for the day. So that would be my one betting strategy proposition for the day. Okay, yeah, I'm really keen. Uh, cryptic Love, I do like last of the line in race one pretty hard to make your first starter a best betting proposition of the day but for me i just kept coming back to like you i just kept coming back to regal council in race three everything just looks set up nicely for this fellow uh, on the quick backup down in weight chris Parnamon from a low draw i think regal council will get the job done terry yes hopefully we're uh Hopefully we've uh, both hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Maddie, BJ, where did, what have you come up with? Jeez, it was a tough day to it was to come up with a Maddie, something that fits our, um, I guess, our policy. Um, $20 plus, is that right, mm -hmm. Terry? Just confirm yes, it for our listeners. Yes, $20. $20 plus at the time of recording. $20 plus at the time of recording, so... Had to search sort of far and wide, but ended up turning my attention to the 1,800-meter race. That's race number five on the day. Here comes Lenny. He's a bit of a tease. He um, He's not the most reliable customer going around. However, he is coming out of the Bull and Bush Tavern Cup, $100,000 race won by Spiritual Warrior. This grad does a much better place in this, this company. 1,800 metres, Lucy Warwick. He's currently $20, is uh, the best available at the moment. So he'll do me as my Maddie for the day. Old Lenny, here comes Lenny. 
Old Lenny, hey? Yeah, he's, uh, he's been pretty costly to me this campaign. Um, oh, when I first uh, started betting, a Kiko would have fit the bill. It was over 20 to 1. But um, yeah, tough week for a Maddie. But uh, Speeding Comet, always happy to have something on if it's going around at over 20 to 1. He's been a good uh, horse to me over the journey and um, he can mix his form pretty well. So Speeding Comet for me. All right, so it's time to wrap things up on uh, this uh, special edition of the 1-1, Terry. We um, we did our best under difficult technical circumstances today, so I hope all the listeners have, uh, have been able to uh, stick with us and um, no doubt we'll be better for the run. The um, In isolation, we're looking forward to continuing the 1-1 as much as possible. So if anyone's got any ideas for episodes and things we can do if the racing happens to cease, Feel free to add us at the 1-1 pod. Looking forward to continue talking about the great game and West Australian thoroughbred racing moving forward into this very interesting period of our uh, history, Terry. So um, we'll we'll be working feverishly here to try and get you some content over the coming weeks and months but um i think we i should throw to you and you can you can close us out terry yeah no i uh, basically uh, my my major uh, thought process at the moment is just uh, enjoy uh this long weekend of racing we have as i said we've got uh, seven at albany six at cal 10 at ascot seven at jero and then 12 at pinjara so i'm going to be uh, glued to the uh, to the pc for the next uh for the long weekend and uh, we don't know how long's left so um, we'll try and find a few winners in that period we've also got uh, Dan Pierce who'll be coming on next week remotely so we'll give him a call and we'll ask him a few questions about his operation and uh, just ask him how good Dig Deep really is I mean that's that's all we're going to speak about for 20 minutes with Dan Pierce is probably uh, is probably Dig Deep I might even BJ I might even do my Dan Pierce impression for you next week what do you uh what do you think one of my one of my party tricks that'd so, be great um but i'm very excited about the upcoming weekends racing you will hear from us next week um either way whether whether we race uh, or not um next weekend you will hear from bernard and myself which i'm sure a lot of you have been losing sleep about the fact you might not hear the the dulcet tones of uh, bernard ryan and <laughs> terence layton but uh never fear uh you will hear us next week uh be safe over the weekend stay a meter and a half away from all people at all times and uh good luck on the punt let's uh let's find a few winners this uh this long weekend and until next week on the one one